Welcome to the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. Vintage Church is a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. For information, visit vintagechurchmovement.com. Here is this week's message. How y'all doing this morning? And I was all right, but give me some energy. Come on, how y'all doing this morning? All right, all right. Happy to see you. Listen, I'm excited. Uh, because there is so much going on, uh, but there is, uh, I believe, a word uh, for us today. As you all know, we've been in our Level Up series about if you level up your praise, you'll level up your life. And so today, uh, we're going to be talking about leveling up your joy. Everyone says joy. Come on, joy. Say it like it's your child who's doing something really bad and you're trying to get their attention. Come on. There you go. That's what I'm talking about, some joy, some real, real good joy. So listen, before we start, I want you to think about something. Think about something. Clear your mind. I want you to think about the something that brings you joy. Just dwell on it for a second. Something that you can't stop talking about if the subject arose. Something you can give uh, an immediate lecture on, right? Um, the thing that makes your daily life worthwhile, something that gives you joy, the person or people that make you laugh endlessly, something that gives you joy. I need a volunteer, maybe two or three. Somebody call out that thing that gives you joy. I don't care. Just yell it out. I, I missed it. What happened? All right. Your husband gives you joy. I know that's right. Someone else. Oh, I'll give you joy. All right, yeah, yeah. We got a winner over here. Two else. Come on, someone that gives you joy. Something that gives you joy. Come on, someone else. Your family. One more, one more, one more. Vacation and serving. All right, at the beach. So we got all these things that gives us joy. I want you to think about that. Hold on to that. When we want to revisit it in a little bit. So we're coming from Psalm chapter 149, verses 1 through 9. And I want to start off with sing a new song. Sing, everyone says sing a new song. Now I know everyone in here can't sing, and that's okay, but the Lord loves your voice because he gave it to you. Come on, say everybody say sing a new song. There we go, there we go. Let's read Psalm chapter 149, verses 1 through 2, and it says, praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. There we go. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the, of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Praise the Lord. Listen, all right. So as we see here, chapters, uh, chapter 149, verses 1 through 2, two things that's, that's true. It says, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song in his praise. and Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. So what we see, first of all, there, there is no reason that it says to praise the Lord other than that he is the maker, right? 
There was no other reason for us to 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 praise the Lord, but to be just be glad, but for Israel, but to be glad in their Maker and rejoice in their King. It doesn't say what He's done. It doesn't say that He's promised anything. It says just be glad in His Maker, right? Just be glad in His Maker and rejoice in their King. So we can see our King as like somewhat of a political leader. So like, imagine if uh, President Obama walked in or Governor John Bell Edwards, it would be like, woo. All right, he's here. A few weeks ago, I sang the, uh, as you all know, I sang the national anthem at the Pels game, and uh, Governor Edwards was actually in the elevator with me uh, going up to, uh, to sing, and I was like, man, I was a little speechless. Now, I'm never really starstruck, and he's not a star by no means, at least not a celebrity star, right? And I still was like, man, this is, I don't know what to say. This is really awkward that I'm in an elevator with you, and so I had a hat on that says Bandit. And he was like, yeah, my, my dog is named Bandit. And I was like, cool. <laughs> right? It, it was awkward, but 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 the fact that I still had a reverence or some kind of honor for him because he was the governor. I was in awe. I was amazed, right? So this is what chapter verse one, chapter 149, verses one said. Let Israel be glad in their maker and rejoice, right, in their king, their king, their leader, right? And so why a new song? Why a new song? Why a new song? Uh, let's look at Lamentations chapter 3, verses 23 to 23. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Verse 23, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This, uh, this patch of scripture clearly outlines why we should sing a new song, because every morning we have new what? mercies. Come on, every morning we have new mercies. Every morning we have new mercies. So imagine this. Christy says she loved her husband. Imagine if Josh told you the same thing every day. Would it make a difference now and 10, 10 years later if he said it? Would you, would you get excited still? He told you the same thing every day in the same way, same style? There you go. As long as there's some passion to back it up. I know that's right. But, but, but what if he just was like, I love you, Christy, and just say it just like that. What would you do? And I remember, right, it sounds the same, right? I remember um, my dad used to sing uh, my mom this little random song, and I thought he made it up for the longest. But, but he only, I realized he only sang it when things were like he just was super excited, and he would just say, uh, you are the most beautiful girl in the world. And I said, man. Now, my dad was not a singer at all, but I knew when he sang this song, it was, a, it was a way of telling my mother, I really, really love you. I'm feeling you right now. I'm thinking about you. You're, you're on my mind. And so he had many different ways to say how he felt. So that should be our response. We sing a new song because every day I have a reason to give the Lord a new song because his mercies are new every single morning. And so think about it. If we say the same thing, the same exact way, just because it's the right thing to do, right, eventually it loses its effect. Eventually it loses its effect. It, it is not received the same way. So we have to be mindful that when we sing the Lord a new song, right, it's because his mercies are new every morning and he gives us new life, right? So I want to tackle this too. And uh, verse one says, his praise in the assembly of the godly, in the assembly of the, of, of the godly. What does that mean? That means what we're doing here right now, right? 
It perfects our praise. It gives us reasons. It makes our praise richer. It gives us a freedom, right? The assembly, the, the community of God's people makes praise all the richer, right? The individual praise that you do at home, right? It increases your strength, right? It increases your ability and freedom in what we do here at corporate worship. And corporate worship, corporate worship does the same. So what we do at home, my dad will always say, what we do at home will always, what people, will always be what people see in public, right? What we do at home, it all starts at home. So if we're praising at home, right, this public assembly should just, just make us feel even better about having joy, about a, about a praise for the Lord. And I want to take a mention of one other thing. I know it's not on the notes, but verse 2 says, let Israel be glad in his maker. I want to focus it on that. So how do we find some joy? How do we level up our joy? Well, it says, let Israel be glad in his maker. So here's, here's one thing I realized. His mercies are new every morning, right? But glad in the maker. Glad that this day is new. Glad that, right, this, this, I have the ability of my hands and limbs, I'm glad in my maker. I have the ability to look up and open my eyes and breathe and walk around. That's being glad in our maker. It's the little things that make the difference. You know, we can get excited about the really big things, but it's the little things, the things that we take for granted, the things that we don't ever think about twice, right? Let us be glad in our maker. That's how we start to find the joy of praising the Lord. Everyone, is, uh, everyone says joy for me again? Joy. Come on, say it again one more time. Joy. There we go. There we go. We, got, we need some joy. We got to have some joy about praising the Lord. Imagine this. Um, any sports fans out there? Come on. Right, that was a low. Okay. But, hey, I, I'm pretty sure we have fans of various things. Any music fans? There we go. I see, I see where the church lives now. Perfect. I'll catch y'all at French Quarter Fest and Jazz Fest next year. There we go. Yeah, we got some music fans. So imagine this. Imagine collecting all this information about your favorite athlete or your favorite performer, right? You know who they are, where they live, what they do, what they sing, the deep cuts on the album that you have to know this album in order for you to know a certain song. You know how many times they were married, how many times they were divorced, how many layups they made in 2021, if they played at all, where they got drafted, which number, you know, all the information about your favorite people. Now imagine, imagine you found someone that had the exact same interest. They knew everything like you knew. They knew the stats. They knew the, the location. They knew where they lived. They knew what they did, the songs. The they knew everything. Would that not bring you joy to connect with someone on a level that only you can, uh, that you feel only you relate to? Wouldn't that feel good? To see someone have the same joy about something and someone that you love so much, that's the importance of the assembly. That's the importance of the assembly, right? We all say we're here because we love God and we want to be there and we want to give him glory. Well, this is what the assembly does. It increases our joy. It increases our faith. It increases our ability to worship, right, freely, to praise freely because I have someone who knows the stats and knows the characteristics and knows the promises of the Lord just like I confess, and profess. So we need to sing a new song 
because his mercies are new every morning. Be glad in our maker because his mercies are new every morning. And we need to literally get these stats up. We got to know, know the Lord's stats. What, he, what has he done? What does he do? Where has he been? What has he shown us? And we see as we gather in assembly together, right, we're going to find out we know to have the same, like, fandom for God than we think we do. And here's the thing about a true fan. A true fan does not care who's, who knows or who's looking or who, who's watching. A true fan is going to be a fan and have joy outside, inside, here, there, everywhere. Everyone says, praise the Lord. You say, Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, act like you don't care. Come on, praise the Lord. There we go. That's what I like to hear. You don't care because you are a fan of God's work and you know what he can do. So, singing a new song. Why do we sing a new song? Because praise brings the Lord pleasure. Everyone says, praise brings the Lord pleasure. Come on, praise brings him pleasure. Let's read verses 3 through 4, Psalm 149. It says, let them praise the name, I'm sorry, let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people, and he adorns the humble with salvation. I read that again. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people, he adorns the humble with salvation. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. So we see a few things here. We see a few things. And I know this is, uh, we could all have this debate all day. But I do know what, this, what the scripture, what verse 3 and 4 kind of says. It tells me what praise is not. Everyone says praise is not. Cool. One, praise is not limited to a singular technique. It says praise him with dancing, making melody to him, melody to him with tambourine and lyre, right? That's three different ways right there. It is not limited to a singular technique. So when we're up here saying praise the Lord, right, we're not looking for you to just jump up and run around. No, 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 no. This is supposed to be your reflection of the joy you have for the Lord. It is not limited to one way to praise. Number two, praise is not limited to a specific style of music. It's not. I've had moments when I'll sing jazz, and I'll be like, man, I've, that, that felt like church. I had to take, take the microphone from me. I was like, oh, my God. It happens. It happens. Seriously, it happens. Uh, but it, uh, praise is not limited to a style of music, right? And lastly, praise is not for our benefit, blessing, and encouragement. We are not the audience or the receiver, we are the actor or the giver. So everything we do in church outside of this moment, right, is we're always giving. We're always, we're always giving, right? Praise is a, is a thing we always give. It's never for our benefit. We don't praise because we need. We don't praise because it looks good. We praise because he is the maker and we're glad in it, right? We, is a, we, we praise because he is the maker, and we can rejoice and be glad in our king. We praise him because his mercies are new every morning, but praise is not for our benefit. We can't just praise and just be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I did my best little high note today. No, 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 no. The Lord doesn't care. Maybe the person next to you because you blew out the ear. But, you know, but the Lord doesn't care. The Lord doesn't care. He wants to know how is your heart towards him. But here's what I do know. Praise is a sound. 
There should be no reason we come in here and, and be silent at all. There should be some re- we have reasons, right? We have reasons to open our mouth, to move our bodies, to lift our hands. But again, it's not limited to these things. But there should never be a reason when we're in church, which, when, when, when we assemble, when we're in private, that we're praising the Lord in silence. That's not praise. Praise is not, praise is not silent, but it's not limited to a technique, a style of music, nor is it for our benefit. But praise is not silent. We have to make some noise. Again, the same with joy I would have at a Saints game. If someone gave the winning touchdown, what would I naturally do? Woo! Right? That's us in church. It's never silent. It's never just hush. It's always something to give God praise for. Look at verse 4. I said that we were created for his pleasure. Let's look at Revelation of chapter 4, 9 through 11. It says, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. Again, I looked earlier, I said what? Let Israel be glad in their maker and rejoice in their king. We were created for his pleasure. So here's the thing. I've always heard if you want to know the, um, the role of something, ask its creator. If you want to know the purpose of something, ask its creator. Clearly says we were created strictly for his pleasure. How do we please him? By open mouth, right? Being glad in the maker and rejoicing in our king and assembling together and to come together to, to worship him and, and, and lift his name up and give him glory, honor, and power. And so much says, Revelation says the elders, right, they cast their crowns. So when we say he's the king of kings, that's real. The elders cast their crowns down to honor the king, to praise and worship the king. So that's our duty. That's our duty. We got to make some noise. We got to get excited. Got to have a zeal for praise because we want to level up our life. But how can God be pleased if his creatures aren't bringing him pleasure? How can he be pleased if his creatures are not active and giving him glory? How can he be pleased if the thing he's created is doing the exact opposite, if at all, of what he is required them to do? How can he be pleased? How can he be pleased? So we got to reflect on that some things. Like, I'm here in church. I'm present. I'm watching, but I'm silent. I, I, I hear the word. It changed my heart. So I say, but I'm silent. I walk out of here. I see the little things that God has done, yet I'm silent. I got here safely this morning. A couple of accidents could have happened. I might have passed a few. And I get in here, yet I'm silent. I leave here, right? Could have caught a flat tire, but provision was already met. I could have probably put the little air machine in my car. I was like, oh, right, I got it. But yet, 
I'm silent. All these little small things are reasons to give praise, reasons to give praise. So when we say be glad in our maker, we got to be glad in all of it. Joy, having joy is, is not the same as having happiness, right? Joy, happiness is something has to like happen. It's just happened, right? I, I, got, a, I got a random phone call from a good friend. That's, that's happiness, right? I, I got an A on my test. That's happiness. But joy, that's something you have in spite of. Everybody say that joy is something you have in spite of. Everything could be going wrong, but I'm still glad in my maker. Everything could be left, but I'm still glad in the maker, right? Everything could be disoriented. I'm, I'm confused. I don't know which way to go, but I'm still glad and rejoicing in my maker. There has to be a joy there, something that cannot defer your position on why you are glad in your maker, Right? It's the small things that make a difference. I want to challenge you to, when you leave out of here, when you're walking around, think about the small things and tell the Lord thank you. Because I promise you, you're going to start to see him in everything if you, if, you, if you take that approach. You're going to be thankful for the small things and be glad in your maker to the point where when, when, the, when the big things happen, you're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed with joy. When the small things happen, you still find a reason to just be grateful with an open heart. So we sing a new song because praise brings, brings him pleasure, and praise is also a weapon and causes victory. Praise is a weapon and causes victory. Let's look at Psalm 149, uh, uh, verses 1, I'm sorry, 5 through 9. Verse 5, let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Verse 6, let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. Verse 7, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. All right, I see y'all all paying attention. I know that's right. Yeah, come on. Verse 5, again, continue, uh, verse 5 is a continuation of verses 1 through 4 that what? Let them sing for joy on their beds. These are some grateful people, right? They are, they are so thankful that a thousand tongues can't be enough. Even in their beds, the day is not enough time. During the day, is not enough time to give the Lord thanks and praise that they do it on their beds. So this is, lets us know that praise is not only a momentary thing, but it's a lifestyle. Praise is a lifestyle. We have to praise him. And how, how do we honor the Lord with our lifestyle? By letting our lives reflect his praise, by being grateful, right? For thanking him in all things, finding him in all things, seeing him in all things. Their beds were not enough. The waking hours do not give enough time to express all their praise and joy to God. So they must continue on their beds. I know sometimes I could be in bed. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Lord, whew, thank you. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just grateful to just have some breath in my body to, to, uh, uh, to tell you that. All right, there has to be, again, a joy. We're trying to level up our joy about the Lord. And we find joy when we find him in everything, right? Look at verse, verses, uh, I'm sorry, and it's a reminder, too, that worship is not limited to a space or only the assembly. Worship should be an all-time thing. 
It should be an all-time thing. Praise should be an all-time thing. It's a private-time thing. And again, what we do in private feeds what we do in public. And what we do in public accelerates what we do in, in private time. It's an ongoing, continuous thing, right? Now, verses 6 through 9, I'm going to read that one more time. It says, let the vengeance on the nations and punishments of the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, now, we, now, this is very graphic, right? Now, you know, the Bible was written thousands of years ago. And so this is a, a, a literal and, and, and physical right, war, right? This is, this is something that, that, what, that execute their vengeance on nations and punishments on the people. Now, this was literally accomplished through David, right? When he, King David, right? When he beat the Syrians and, 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 and all the other people tried to, you know, attack the children of Israel, right? And so now, this is kind of two-sided, this, this, this last part. It's kind of two-sided for a couple of reasons, right? Because it's saying, one, we should praise God because there is always justice. God is just. We should praise God because there's justice. And guess what? If there's not justice right now, we believe that justice will be served, right? Praise God because there's justice, right? Because he's, what, it, what it says, he's going to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the judgment written, Right? And how was it served? Through Jesus. In time, right? So we're, we're literally saying, Lord, we praise you for the justice you've served and the justice that will be served. And that's the faith and hope that we have in the Lord, right? That he always comes through, he's always on our side, and that we're on the winning side. Matter of fact, we've already won. That's, that, that, that's the hope. We've already won. So when we say, right, to execute vengeance, no, we can also probably say the executed vengeance, right? It's all we've already won. It's already happened. Now, I'm not saying go out and go find people, bind them up, and take their kings and nobles and the fetters of iron and let, let's go get them. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to hold a crusade. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is for us, this looks like Ephesians 6 and 12. I'll read it for you. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Our war is spiritual warfare. And this is why praise is important. Praise keeps us encouraged during the fight. Praise keeps, up and it keeps us encouraged while we're on the job with the aggravating co-worker. Praise keeps us encouraged when family seems to walk away and friends are nowhere to be found, right? Because we're dealing with spiritual warfare. There's so much going on. But our goal is to remain steadfast and movable, always abounding in the word of God because this fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. And so praise guides you through that. And guess what? It, it is a weapon because it is your defense, Right? And it causes victory. Now, uh, it's, again, it's already, it's already won, but it causes victory for that, that you can believe, that you can hold on to. It's the promise of victory we're clinging on to, and that's brought through praise. That's how we strengthen our faith. So we see joy is ever-present with the Father. 
We should always have a joy. He's, we, we're already on the winner's side. We've already won. We're already there. We're already there, right? So, so how do we maintain joy? I want to do one quick thing. I want you to go back and think on the very thing, first thing I asked you. It was think of something or someone that brings you joy. Think about that thing right quick. Think on that thing that gives you joy. If there's something else that brings you joy, think about that. Something that I found true when I thought about these things myself was the reason why I have joy when I think about these things is because of my relationship with it. And there, joy cannot be present when there is no relationship. Joy cannot be present when there is no familiarity. Joy cannot be found in something you don't know. Joy cannot be found in something you don't know. I can't find joy in NASCAR racing. Why? Don't watch it. Probably won't find, I might find a little joy in baseball, but again, I played it. I don't really watch it. What I will find joy in if someone gave me like the entire Aretha Franklin like discography on vinyl. That will bring me joy and I will probably be missing for a week. I will just listen. I, I promise you I will listen. Joy will probably be um, getting, uh, you know, Kid Cudi's album on vinyl too. You know, I, I, I love it. Uh, joy for me will be, you know what joy is for me? I'm not even, I'm, I'm about to tell on myself. Joy for me is going home to find that I did not eat the full cupcake. <laughs> and I got some ice cold milk in the fridge. That's a joy. Matter of fact, I do have a piece of cake at home, and I'm going to probably eat it. That's going to be my joy for the day. I saw the Lord. Thank you. But again, it's like, but I got smaller than this. Thank you, Lord, for the cupcake. Right? The, for real, I'm serious. Thank you. Why? Because guess what? I thank the Lord that I had enough sense to get up and get my cupcake yesterday. I thank him for the $3 it costs because it's not my money, right? It's his money. I thank you, Lord, for the $3 it costs for me to go get it. I thank you for gas in the car that I can go get. I thank you for a car. Right? So, again, the small things, these are things that we can find joy in. It's the little things. And, it's, and when you realize that he is the maker of it all, you have millions and countless reasons to praise him. I want to go back. Pastor Dustin read a scripture last week. I want to go back to it. John chapter 4, verses 23 through 4. And it says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, Pastor Dustin did a great job breaking this down. I want to do a little further. Um, spirit, right? Spirit is like the, the soul, the heart, the, the core, right? That's God. We say that's, that's, that's what the Father is, right? I want you to think about this, too. Think about the idea of school spirit. Imagine a cheerleader. Imagine a cheerleader, right? You go to these football games, cheerleaders are like, whoo, yeah, high kick, all that stuff, right? 
You can say, yeah, I know that was, that was kind of high, I know. <laughs> high kick, right? That cheerleader had, we would say, ooh, man, she has school spirit. Now imagine that same cheerleader is like, ooh, yeah, high kick. <laughs> You're like, well, why are you a cheerleader? My God, like, go sit back down, go home, right? So listen, right? <laughs> so the idea is, again, spirit and the truth. Our spirit is that, 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 that passion, that thing that makes us go, that, that no matter what, this is my school, this is my family, this is my home, this is my church, this is my God, right? I have a passion that, that can't be touched, and I'm here for it, right? So that had one, the spirit is the joy of God. You got to have the joy, like you got like to worship the Father, you got to have the joy of just knowing him. And again, we always talk about how we find it in, the, in everything, in the small things, being thankful in the small things, the joy of knowing him. And what's the truth, y'all? Jesus, his word, right? His word. So when we combine the joy and the passion and the, and the yearning and, and, the, and, the, and the, the excitement for God along with the truth, my man, that, that's, that's something powerful. And here's the thing, we can't have one without the other. Again, spirit is that passion, that, 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 jo- that joy, that, 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 ooh, that zeal, right? And so when we only have zeal and no truth, praise and worship becomes super emotional. Becomes just a big cry fest. Becomes a just, oh, I'm just, I'm just wailing and weeping for what? Right? That's, that's, that's just emotion. But if I have truth and no spirit, worship and praise is really lackluster. I know what your word says, but I'm just not excited about singing about it. But if praise, but if praise is a lifestyle, even when you don't feel like it, right, it still should be a sound coming out of you, right? We said joy is what in spite of, right? Spirit and in truth, worship the Father, sacrifice. There's a good joy there in spite of. There's a passion there in spite of. Something that gives you joy, you can talk about, sing about all day. Something that gives you joy, you can lecture about. You can give his high praises continually because no matter what, something we're joyous about, if we're, joy- we're happy about it, we're joyous about it in spite of. Everything could be wrong, but in spite of, I still have a joy present. As the band comes back up, I want to ask you a few questions that will challenge you this week. Because I really want you to experience joy with the Father. I know that sounds super weird so to some people maybe. I know it may seem far-fetched to be like, Lord, thank you for everything. But if we're be glad in our maker... A maker who made, I, I, I get amazed when I see blankets of ocean just stop at, at the, like they just know how to stop at the sand. That's the reason I have joy. It's like, how can I explain this? How can I just look at the sky and just be like, man, I read an article last week that they found a new black hole in space. Mind blown. And my first, I ain't gonna lie, my first thought was, I wonder the week the earth gets sucked into that black hole, like, how, what would happen? But, but <laughs> truthfully, that was my first thought. I was like, man, what if it's like pulling us right now? But, but, but still, but the point is, I'm glad in my maker. Like, man, you've done all these things. 
How can I not have a praise? How can I not be excited? How can I not be full of joy looking at the creation and then looking to the Father saying, you made all of this and you made it well. You made it well. So I want, I want to challenge you with three questions. One, how does God bring you joy? Or does God bring you joy? Again, consider all the things he's done. Is it a joyous occasion for you? Two, how can praise be added to your daily rhythm of life? We all get busy. I get it. We all get, you know, tied up in a lot of things. I, I can speak. I always get fussed at because I do too much. But I'm never too busy to acknowledge the Father. That's one thing I'm never too busy for. Even in my bed, when I, if I feel like the day is gone, and I'm like, Lord, I didn't talk to you all day. It's not a, a if I can speak. It's no, I will. All right? Even in my bed, I, I speak to the Father. And three, what are different ways you can please God this week? Since we were created for his pleasure, what are some ways you can make your maker pleased? Because I've seen some really, really mad inventors out there that threw their creation away. Not saying God will because nothing can separate us from him, right? But people, I've seen inventors, like physical inventors. They'll invent something and, and like, it's not doing what I want to do. I'm so glad God is not like that with us. I'm so glad he's gracious. I'm so glad he's full of mercy. And the fact that he's gracious and created us, even though we're not sometimes forget to do what he asks, right? He doesn't throw us away. He comes to us. He finds us. He seeks us. His goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life. So what are some different ways you can please God this week? I pray that you find numerous ways that you forget to count them. That you forget to count them. Let's, let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word this morning and realizing, God, that you truly are our joy because all the things that we take pleasure in, all the things, God, that we love so much, all the things that makes us happy, God, you are the maker of it all. All the things, God, that we boast in and are glad in, God, you created it. You formed it. You thought of it. So I pray, God, that you are pleased with us, that everything we do and say, you take pleasure in. So smile upon us, Father. We pray you are pleased. In Jesus' name, amen.